Now on the tee, it's Maddie and the Caddy. Here's Matt Barry and Michael Collins. Ah, it is time for your Tuesday dysfunction on the tee box alongside the Caddy. Michael Collins. I am the Natty Matt Barry. We appreciate you listening. Remember, subscribe, download, rate wherever you get your podcast. Hit us up social media at Maddie and Caddy on Instagram, at Maddie and Caddy on Twitter, M-A-T-T-Y, the word and C-A-D-D-I-E. Fantastic show for you today. Brian Bumgarner of The Office fame. He is our guest. You want to hear this conversation because it starts with him and it ends with two, one of them a Hall of Famer, another one a surefire Hall of Famer. So great yeah. moment there. Uh, we recap what happened at the BMW wild finish on a Monday afternoon, plus uh, the kind of auctions that the caddy used to go to. Don't miss that conversation. Could sure to make you either drive off the road from <laughs> laughing or being scared. I get all of it. Caddy, first and foremost, Keegan Bradley, perhaps one of the most uh, the biggest enigmas in all of PGA and all of the world in golf. Right, the BMW looked really, really good. He was number 54 in the FedEx Cup playoffs and then beat the guy who is the new world number one, Justin Rose. Oh, I just and Keegan's one of my favorite people in the whole world. So the fact that he had put himself into position a couple of times in a couple of the other playoff events and basically threw up on his shoes on a Sunday to for him to be able to get the job done on Monday, man, there's nothing for me to when a guy like him who has been to the heights yep. and then fallen by the wayside gets back to the heights and that first hug and kiss with the wife and a one year old, man, it just it it chokes me up, dude. I'm a big I'm a big softy. I'll admit it. I can't help it. I love scenes like that. And that's what it is. You hit on it there with Keegan. Sometimes he'll go out on a Thursday when no one's paying attention, maybe a Friday after a bad Thursday round. And he can go low as quick as anyone. Yes. But when his wheels come off, those oh. things go. Those things go flying all over the freeway. <laughs> you need just a garbage bag to pick the pieces up. You don't even need a tow truck because that's when his wheels come off. It is a flaming crash and burn. But that's the thing. Watching him put himself into position the last couple times that he did in playoff events. I wonder. You wonder if it's going to make a difficult decision. I don't think it will, mm-hmm. but I think it should. Knowing that he has Ryder Cup experience and the fire that's in his belly, Ryder Cup flair, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, if there's a dude who's got some gumption, that I would be like, you know what? If I'm not going to take Tony Finau to France, who would I take? Hmm. Keegan Bradley, little crazy eyes, little that dude who looks like. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I don't hate he, he that. He might just snap and go running out into the crowd. You, you know need you need your Ian Poulter. You we ne- got that with Patrick Reed. I, no, I'm sorry, not Ian Poulter. You need your, yeah, Ian Poulter. You need your fiery yes. Ryder Cup guy that, you know what, outside of not winning much on tour, even though Keegan's got a major, when Ian yes. Poulter shows up to the Ryder Cup, you know you're getting those eyes and you're getting all you can get. Well, the reason I love Keegan, too, is because he's the type of guy that when he's playing against you and he starts getting all amped up like that, it makes you angry and gets you out of your game. It's almost like NBA trash talk without the talk. Yeah, and he's a guy that if if uh, Furyk came out and went Keegan over Finau, I'd feel bad for Finau, but I wouldn't hate the selection. No, that's I wouldn't again, the reason that they held this pick until now is for this right here. But Tony Finau 
still played good enough this week that he still, I believe, deserves to be the pick, no matter what. You know, because yeah, he finished tied for eight, sixteen under, it, played really well. It's, yeah, it's all about consistency. Like this guy's playing so consistent that it's yeah. I I just even with Keegan winning, I can't see him not being on the team. So Keegan, I'm anxious to see after a week off if he's got any gas in the tank for the Tour Championship. But um, yeah, the, the one thing that bothers me about this FedEx Cup. Bryson DeChambeau, man, it's not right that he doesn't have a bigger lead. Like, if you're in fifth, eh, man. Yeah, but you know what? They have to do it that way because if he had a bigger lead, what would be the incentive to watch in two weeks? Yeah, but that's what you're supposed to. Like, they need to make up their mind. Is this supposed – because they always – they're hypocrites. They're like – this is a culmination of a great season, and the playoffs is that leading up to it. So then it should be whoever wins the, the tour championship. It's only 30 guys, so if you make it and you win, $10 million, here you go. I think after the 30 reset or whenever you break it down to the tour championship, I think it just resets. It should reset. It should be something where if you're a guy that comes, and I think Tiger at the end of this tournament finished tied for sixth. I think he sits at 20th right now. Tiger, yeah, he didn't really have a good opportunity to win the whole thing. You know what I mean? Because of the point system. There's got to be a way to where if you get to the, if you, if you qualify for the final 30, it should reset and then just be a winner take all. That's what I mean. Like last year, Xander Schauffele, rookie of the year, wins the tour championship. Justin Thomas, 10 million. There you go. Yeah. I know. And that's what makes it a little anticlimactic. That's what, that's, that's exactly. So it would be, it's even, more to me, more anticlimactic when the guy who wins doesn't get the ten million, and they got to do two guys standing there for a trophy presentation. Hey, congratulations! You finished ninth, but here's a ten million dollar <laughs> yeah, check. But you really Ta-da. won! Yay! Now, has there been watching the Monday finish? I love that two weeks in a row because of weather. We got we got a Monday finish this week, and it's normally scheduled like that on Labor Day. Um, has there ever been a better season so quietly accumulated than Justin Rose? I don't think I so. I mean, I had him win. I picked him to win the Masters. I picked him to win the USO. Yeah. But I've been a Rose all year. But this guy's just quietly put up a hell of a season. Yeah, I'm, uh, he scares me for the Ryder Cup, dude. But And he's another he's another guy who, the way he's been playing, now he gets some time off to get a breather, fly to the Bahamas where he lives, chill there for a few days, and then go to Atlanta. Mm, he's got to be the favorite going into Atlanta right now. That to win, not necessarily for the FedEx. I, I, I mean, I, I just love where his game is right now, and he's a guy who terrifies me for the Ryder Cup. The thought of him and Poulter or him and Stenson getting that, like those two, him with either Stenson or Poulter, oh, I'm going to be just shoving croissants down my face. I'm going to be so nervous. You don't do that. Have I, some. Do, I eat when I get nervous. Of course, I eat when I'm happy. I eat when I'm sad. <laughs> it seems. It seems. It seems all emotions agree with you. Yeah, my stomach. So remarkable finish at the BMW FedEx Cup playoffs to this point have been fantastic. There's the week off, of course, before the Tour Championship, and then the Ryder Cup. Before we get to the Bumgarner interview, you guys have to stick around for that, and then please uh, stick around uh, for the end of the show. There's some stuff that that we need to get settled. Um, but first, we had to pay off last week or else we'd put a bogey on the scorecard. The last right. time you left us, you were leaving the podcast to go to the Eagles facility to Woo. get your putter 
You had yes! just, you had just gotten the tattoo. You were worried about you. getting tickets, which we solved on Sports Center. Please fill us in on what happened to that day. This is true. So apparently, and then I got caught on TV that night. Yep. Um, in the third quarter, Kessler number one, Kessler Patrick Reed's caddy, uh, Kessler Crane, told Patrick he was going to leave at halftime, and so then we get caught on TV in the third quarter. <laughs> in the third quarter. After they ran the Philly special and whatnot, they score Philly wins. It's awesome. Now, Kessler did bug out much earlier than I did, but Patrick played good the two rounds after he left Friday and Saturday mm. on just a little bit of sleep. So I'm at the facility, uh, flashback to Tuesday, go to the facility after we do the podcast. Uh, Bettinardi's there with the putters. The putter covers got the Philly special. Which on was it. awesome. It's, oh my gosh. And I and think then the I got Eagles pictures. Are in- What's that? <laughs> then everyone at the facility's got their ring on. So I'm freaking out looking at these rings. And the biggest difference between the player's ring and the staff ring is on the inside of the ring. Inside, the players all got the dog mask engraved. Ooh. But this ring has like over 200 and something diamonds. And, and just on the outside and like... A certain side has the amount of diamonds that the three players' numbers who ran the Philly special add up to. So, like, all the diamonds and their placement all have significant meaning. It's crazy. It's so crazy. What I also found out, which is disappointing, you can use a fishing rod as carry-on. You could take an umbrella as carry-on with the three-inch shank metal on the end if you want to, but if you want to carry a putter onto the plane, yeah, nah, you can't do that. You're not allowed to do that. I tried to lie. I'm not going to tell the truth. I tried to lie, and they were like, hey, you got to check that. And I was like, why I, Why do I got to check my umbrella? And it worked at, US, at the oh, American my. Airlines counter. It didn't work at TSA. The lady who was kind of upset was like, did you just – did you just call this an umbrella? I go, yeah, I'll keep my, I'll keep my eyebrows dry. <laughs> <laughs> and nobody was buying it at all, which really stinks. Really, really stinks. So was this but, the happiest you had been in a while being at the Eagles facility seeing all this? Oh, so the best part about the whole facility is when I walked into the main spot, the trophy case was empty. And I was like, oh, man, really? And as I'm like – Shoulder slump, chin on the chest. Here comes these two guys carrying this thing. It's covered up by a towel. And I was like, oh, man. <laughs> and one of the guys goes, America's caddy, man. You're ESPN dude, right? And I was like, yeah. What's up? And he goes, hey, Michael Collins, good to meet you. I was like, really good to meet you, too. And they go, man, do you did you get the tattoo? <laughs> and I go, yeah. And I lifted up my shirt. Showed him the tattoo, and the one dude was like, "Oh my gosh, that is so bleeping bad, bleep, bleep, bleep." And the other guy goes, "You want to see the trophy?" Yeah, I want to see the trophy. So they bring the trophy back out. The guy's like, "You want to get a picture of it?" And I don't have gloves or nothing. And the guy was like, "Here." I said, "What?" He goes, "Give me your phone." Okay. I lift my shirt up. He was like, "Great idea." Hold the trophy with the tattoo. So I I can't even begin to tell you 
the chicken skin that I had holding that trophy and how also difficult it was to hand it back to him. Oh, I bet. But they were like, all right, we got to put it back in the case. And I was like, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Just let me, just give me this moment, yo. I'm just going to need this moment. So I bet you've had plenty of moments by yourself after that moment. Hey, I'm not going to lie. No, because then (laughs) that's when the putter guys showed up. So I was like, calm down, dude. This is like being in fifth grade, having to go to the chalkboard. Did you (laughs) see, uh, did you see Doug Peterson? I didn't see Coach. Oh. I did get to see Nick Foles. Boo. I got to, well, I got to see a bunch of the players yeah. and stuff. But Sal Powell was the coolest. So Sal Powell. Of all the people you met, you were most impressed with a colleague? No, actually, no, 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 no. I didn't say impressed. I said he was the coolest. Because, it, look, I, the only reason I got to go to this facility and get a putter was because of Sal Powell. Right. What I didn't do. And I kind of feel bad, but not really. I mean, a little bit, not really. They only had right-handed putters. Mm. That's because right-handers dominate the world. You, you're you're the weird one. On Canada. You're Stop the Canadians. You're the outlier. So but you, 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 you got to be right-handed. I told him, I, do you think that I told him no. that I'm lefty and can never really use the putter? Well, you don't want to use it anyway, so what are you going to do with it? That's what I'm saying. They kept handing me one that didn't have plastic on it. I was like, nah, nah, I need the one with the plastic wrap <laughs> on it. I need now you're plastic getting free stuff and, you, and you're being high maintenance by getting free stuff. What? No, that's – wait, hold up. It's Eagles. How many other people would want it? You're right. See? Yeah, you wouldn't want it. No. Or if you did not. have it, you would get it for me and be like, oh, I'm going to get it for my boy. But then if it was that, you would have been like, oh, you know what? Forget it. It ain't lefty. He's a lefty, so I don't want it. And then you'd have been like, ah, oh, they only had right-handed ones. I don't care. I don't care what hand it's for. It's the Eagles Super Bowl putter, and it was awesome. So I took all kinds of pictures with the putter, and then I got somebody to let me borrow their ring. Again, hard to give it back. Hard to give it back. But I loved the coolest guy I met was Merrill Reese. You just said the coolest guy you met was Sal Powell. No, no. I mean, you were saying like, I forget how what I forget how you use the term, but Sal Powell was the coolest guy there because he was the one who got who me set into it all his, in motion, right? Yeah. So, but then meeting the Eagles play-by-play announcer Merrill Reese, who does all the Eagles' famous calls and ha- has always done the most famous Eagles calls, you know, since the 1970s. Meeting him was awesome, and he's short, and everyone in that organization golfs except. Nick Foles. All right. Well, he's an Arizona guy. That makes sense. I get why he's a little slow. Yeah, in the no golf one in department. Arizona golfs. Patrick Peterson, Larry Fitzgerald. No, Didn't we he, just have your boy on? Yeah, there? He, went, he went to the university. And Herm Edwards. He went How's to, your well, boy doing? Herm Edwards went to Arizona. Is an Arizona State head coach, and he's two and zero. Thank you. Arizona Foles, State, not in the state of Arizona. Foles sorry, went to the University of Arizona. Geography. He's a little slow when it comes to stuff like that. All right. <laughs> coming up next, the conversation you have to hear on Maddie and the Caddy, Brian Bumgarner of the Office Fame. But what makes this conversation so fun with Bumgarner? It starts out with him, and then it gets crashed by two other people, one of them a Hall of Famer, one of them a surefire Hall of Famer. That and more coming up next on Maddie and the Caddy. This time it's going to be my pleasure to uh, welcome in a friend of mine who I have been trying desperately to get on with us and have some fun and talk. Uh, Brian Baumgartner, everyone knows you from the office. Yes, But the golf thing... You number one, we were together at the BMW Championship in yes. Greenville, South Carolina. A blast! It was awesome. 
you were paired with Aaron Rodgers. Yes. Who we're going to have a good story there. I got to get the truth on this one. But I was fascinated by the fact that there were times that you guys were walking places and you were getting more mobbed than he was. Obviously. <laughs> come on. I mean, what's not I mean, to mob? Yeah, what is exactly? <laughs> what's not to mob? I mean, come on, man. I mean, he's always taken, right? I think that's the thing. I'm viewed as young, handsome, and available. But I'm not. That ice record. water? Yes. That ice water? Ice water in my drink? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. What that is, right. right. Hey, look, you, uh, w- when did you pick up golf? Like, when did you catch this disease that we all hate that we have? Um, honestly, I, I, it's kind of a curse because I did not play as a kid, which I think naturally makes my swing worse, right? I mean, I think if you start playing when you're super young, yeah. you have that built in. And I did, I, we, I, we were, uh, you know, m- members of a golf course, but uh, when I was a kid in Atlanta, Georgia, but we played tennis, and uh, so I never did. And then I started doing theater after college uh, for a while. So stuck indoors in like a black box, you know, like right. dark always. And I just needed to find a way to get outside. I played baseball as a kid and basketball, and I, I just I needed something, and I found golf and just became obsessed with it. That's ironically you said that because I didn't come to golf until late either. Right, and I was doing stand up comedy, and another comedian said you have to play golf. Right, because everyone in the entertainment industry and does play golf. That yes, I, that's true. I think for me it was, and I guess we're going to get a slightly metaphysical, but I think for me there is something beautiful. What, you know, whatever you believe in, God or whatever else, there's something so beautiful about what is naturally created yep. by a higher being and then also man creating something within that that fits perfectly within a beautiful setting, a beautiful environment. And this, you know, Edgewood here in Lake Tahoe is no exception. I mean, it just, it just, it just makes you feel good. And how many times have you been on a golf course where you'd be like, well, this is ugly? Yeah, right. Right. Like, right. You're not going to be out there going, oh, right. horrible, this dump. <laughs> you're playing right. golf. And you're outside. No, find beauty. Yeah, it's so easy to find beauty. Absolutely. So who, I mean, when, when it come down to when you started really getting into the game and got addicted, right? who were some of the people that were like, hey, I'll go, yeah, let's go? Um, well, I start, I mean, so I, very early on when I, you know, when I, when I started doing The Office, um, uh, you know, it, it was this weird thing where the young guy, especially athletes, the young guys were fans of the show and the older guys, their kids were fans of the show. So I kept getting invited to all the, and it's like Michael Jordan says, Hey, come to the Bahamas and play with me. I'm like, yes, sir, MJ. Of course. Why would we not do that? Um, and you know, Gretzky and all of those guys. And then, you know, the young guys too, uh, you know, uh, Chris Paul and well, Aaron Rodgers and, and, um, and I, then I just started to become friends with these guys and, uh, you know, I just, as a huge sports fan, as a guy who played sports growing up, to me that uh, that's the most fun thing for me is just to be out here, whatever place I come in, I at least competed with these guys, right? Uh, and that makes it really fun for me. Yeah, because now we're meshing 
drama kid growing up right. with popular athlete. Right, correct. Exactly. And that, those worlds never collide. No, never, ever. I mean, I, you know, I, but, but what I, of course, what, I, well, not of course, but what I really wanted was the athlete side and, um, uh, you know, a lot of things, you know, stopped that from happening. And so I went in, yeah, and I was doing drama, but, you know, I, now the idea that, I mean, even, yeah, I, uh, Playing with, I can't even remember where it just was, but, you know, playing with John, oh, Derek G, you know, I'm playing with Derek, Derek Jeter, Jeter. Yeah. And here's my partner, John Starks. And I'm like, you're the, like, badass from the Knicks that I watched, like, cutthroat killer guy. That's just awesome. And he's my partner, and we're playing a Mod Rashad, and he's like, hey, boys, let's go NBA today. Anyway, it's great. It's, I feel very blessed. I'm, I'm always curious because I know it still to this day freaks me out when people recognize and that, hey, man, you're the ESPN, you're America's caddy. We take pictures. When did you realize, okay, this, because the office thing, that's really where you blew up too, right? Right, of course. When did you realize, oh, snap, like this has really become something? Um, well, I, you know, it's it's a weird thing because, you know, we were in Los Angeles and a lot of times in Los Angeles people don't care, but... Um, you know, I think that one of the things about The Office is, is it's a subversive show yep. and there's a subversive humor to it. Right. Which appeals to young people. And so now, you know, through, you know, originally iTunes and then Netflix now, you know, so a huge, I mean, you know, even out on the course today, a huge percentage of the people who are coming up and, and like, clearly taken with seeing me are now 15 16 you know 14 17 years old right and i'm like you were not born when we started working <laughs> i'm not that old but you weren't but, born when we started right. working on the show because that that was like 15 17 years ago it's crazy it's crazy it's so funny man when you're out here looking at all of these people that are out here you see steph curry yeah, walking by of course when i mean when you see guys like this, I mean, this guy's the top of his game. Uh, yeah, he's got to come yeah, over and say what's up, yeah. man. He got to come. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he better he, he better come and say hi <laughs> to me. You know what? You're gonna come and interrupt me. Here. Congratulations, man. before you yeah, hit absolutely. before you hit a tee yeah. shot, just say hi. Uh, Here you go. I miss you, man. Good Steph to see you, brother. Good to see you. Yeah. yeah. I actually have a I actually have a story. Steph Curry. Steph Curry, Steph Curry is Curry. Steph Curry is now here. I actually have a story. One of the first years I was out here, I think I've been coming like 11, 12 years. One of the first years I was out here, I'm on the putting green. Yeah. No joke. And you come up to me. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, Mr. Yeah, yeah. Mr. Baumgartner. <laughs> Mr. Baumgartner. Hey, I don't know. I, hi, I'm Steph. Kerr, and I'm like, dude, I know <laughs> Davidson. Yeah, no, I watched the we game. Good time, and you came up. I and it was, uh, no, it was uh, unbelievable. And so happy for you Thank and your you success. Very much, yeah. so How are you playing so far? Uh, what am I? I'm even through three. Just okay. Pedestrian. Steph, look what he did Hold today. Oh, come on now. See? Hey, Brian, bottle that up, baby. I'm going to bottle, bottle that up. Brian's showing off his scorecard. Yes, He's so proud. Yeah, yeah, I know yes, you're sir. in the middle of the pro-am, All good. but I had to say what's up. I'll see you when you're done, man. Sure. But, Steph, hey. but isn't that the beauty of golf, though? He said he was starstruck by you, and you were starstruck oh, by him. And it, it makes golf great. Is it connects what worlds. this whole term is about, like obviously bringing people from all different worlds, all different walks. Obviously, everybody's successful in their own industries, and we all have a love, mutual love for the game of golf. And it humbles us, and it makes us the proudest people in the world. Uh, so, totally. Uh, See, that's uh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> 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 
right? <laughs> so we enjoying it, but uh, it's gonna be a fun week. So go have fun, yeah, man. Go do your I'll thing. see you in a little while. I'm mad I cut off my beard. I was chasing you for a second. You were gonna try really? to do that. I was chasing. Playoff but, beard was was official. Yep, and it was. It worked. It worked. Can you grow a beard? It takes me a while. If I hit reset, that's a whole year. Yeah, it worked though. Thank you, Steph. Enjoy the rest of your round. I'll talk to you in a little bit. Yeah, man. And congrats on the new baby. He's beautiful, man. So you got, uh, I mean, golf. Right, that, that's golf. golf. Right, that's golf. Yeah. <laughs> no, and that's, before he came over, that's what I was going to tell you. Yeah, I remember, I remember him coming up. And, and at the time, I mean, this is before, you know, the Warriors were the Warriors or anything, but I watched him in the NCAA tournament at Davidson. And so I knew exactly who he was. And yeah, you're a, but this was before he became now, you know, you want to hear something God funny? in these parts. He did the exact same thing to me when I was doing play-by-play for Sirius XM. And I, Chris Paul invited me to play in his golf tournament and MC a little thing. And it was right after he graduated. And Steph was sitting there, and I go over and sit next to him, and he was like, Hey, I'm Steph Curry. Yeah. How you doing? And I go, I, I know who you are. Yeah, yeah. And he goes, I'm just I'm a huge fan of yours, man. <laughs> I love listening to golf. And I go, What? Golf? And then I watched him play. And was uh, like, he's unbelievable. I told him straight up, you quit basketball. It'll take you eight months. You'll be out on a web.com tour. You can go pro and make money. Yeah. Give me someone, because I, I find Steph fascinating in our world. Because on SportsCenter, we're all about Steph, Steph, Steph. He's on a different stratosphere in, right. when it comes to sports. But I find him so humble, relatable. Great guy. And someone you're just like, that guy isn't on the same stratosphere as everybody else. Give me someone like a Steph, another actor, another athlete that you may have played golf with that you learned about as a person. Well, I'll tell you. Actually, I told I told I'm not to repeat myself, but um, I don't think it's ESPN. I think it was Fox Sports. Uh, I just no. I just, we'll just leave that day. part out. It just no. It just it well, just cusses a lot. No, it just went. Uh, it, I, it something clicked with me, and I was doing. I, I was talking to somebody on, on the radio yesterday, and and I've been thinking about it since I said it because it's totally true. I came out here. Now, when I came out here, I was. I'm, I'm not as good as I played today, but I'm way better than when I started. And when I started, I played a few rounds my first two years, a uh, few years with Charles Barkley. And I played with him out here, and I'm telling you something. He is a model of how you should be, in my opinion, uh, as someone who is famous, a celebrity, you know, someone who comes out to these events. He's been coming out here for years, and I will tell you, I'm playing with him. And we go up to the tee boxes, and a lot of the volunteers who are here have been coming here forever. Yeah. And they're always on, oh, hole 16 is the same three ladies. Right. You know, like all of the holes, like they, they keep the same, you know, positions, and, and it's the same guys. But he comes up, he knows their names, he asks about their kids, he wow. thanks them for coming out here and being a part of this and for their help during the week. And I'm telling you, I was so taken with that, you know, because, you know, you have this tendency, you know, you know, it's, I, I, you know, it's not like poor me, but it's like, it's a lot like you're, you know, you, you know, I probably signed my name, which seems so crazy to me, but I probably signed my name 500 times today, somewhere around there. I mean, a lot of times, there's a lot of people out here. But, and so it's like, oh, you know, not, you know, just like you sort of become the sullen, like, keep to yourself guy. But I watch Charles do that out here, and I'm like, you know, he is, he gets as much attention as anybody. At the time, MJ was coming out here, and it was sort of like him and MJ got mm-hmm. the most attention of any of the guys. Yep. Ten years ago. And 
I like he knows everybody's name and he asks about their kids and he thanks them and he does all this stuff. And I tell you, from then on, I mean, starting the next year on, I have tried to do the same thing. I, you know, want to say hello and look the people in the eyes who are volunteering to come out here just to spend their time. And it was just a great lesson for me. That's a really long answer, but it's it's really I've been thinking about that it's a lot. Poignant though. That you know what he did, and I'm going, yeah, that's that's like that's right. Like make a human connection because what does that cost you? Nothing. So anyway, that's a great way to what kind that that's that's price, but it's right. priceless to those people, right? Of course. And Steph, that's the thing. Like you know, I remember that, and I you know we were here on the radio, but I I, I I'm not going to say that to him or like you know make a thing about it. But that you know again, that makes an impression. That tells me the kind of guy he is, despite. Not despite, but, you know, he has this enormous success now. But that's the guy that he was who I met here, you know, nine years ago or ten years before the Warriors were the Warriors. Before that's Steph all, was Steph. And, and Steph was Steph. Yeah. That's the thing. We're also in industries where we see people that do change and do become other people and do not do the same things and be as humble as they were in their beginnings. So it's so awesome to see. And I can say the same thing. Steph Curry is the exact same guy that I met in 2009 today. He's the same guy. And how many people can we say that are superstars that are like that? Right. But I'll take it one step further with that, what he was saying. Like, Chuck had a persona when he played. Oh, yeah. Wasn't well liked. Right. He was a brash, right. outspoken Bully, <laughs> right? As a Sixers fan, I liked him. As a Suns fan, I loved him. When he was I mean, on the show, yeah. won that title, by the way. That's true. But but you see him, you see him in with the people, and it's like that's a it's a good hearted man, right? Totally. And, and I and I see hundred percent. And I see it's been fun for us sitting here from our vantage point here at Edgewood, and we watch these stars and these celebrities come out, and just how they interact with everybody is incredible. Yeah. Well, it's great. That's great. I mean, that's what it's about. I mean, it's all and and what Steph said when you know when we were sitting here, like uh, 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 you know, uh, Steph is in another stratosphere, or whatever. But I think I think for me certainly, I will agree with what he said. Which to me, what this event is about is about coming out here and being able to play with you know Aaron Rodgers and me today, Tom Glavin, and and you know and and speaking of Tom. I, I'm originally from Atlanta. Mm-hmm. I was a huge Braves fan. My favorite pitcher in the history of baseball was Tom Glavin, bar bar none. <laughs> and he came up to me, whatever it was, four or five years ago when he retired and he finally came out here. And, you know, he's got all these kids who are older and him, and he watches the show with his kids, and he's coming up saying, like, you know, we're big fans of yours. And I'm like, what? shut up. <laughs> what are you talking about, Tom Glavin? Are you kidding me? You're number so, 47. Yeah, exactly. Um, the diabolical lefty that gave the Braves a World Series in 95. Yeah, like that. Like, that's who he is. And, you know, to me. And, and, and so for me, then now to have a personal relationship and, you know, and to keep in touch somewhat throughout the year or, you know, whatever, uh, is, you know, to me that, that's what's special about this event for us. And I'm not saying us like in a cocky way or sure. whatever. Like, no. but that for us, I think why people, you know, people want to watch for a certain reason, but why people want to participate is, is for that 
that yeah. reason. What? Seeing those googly eyes in both directions is the coolest thing. It's always the coolest thing because there are times when you come out here and and you flip back into that eight year old little boy, right? And you're like, yo, that's, I saw that guy on TV, and then that person's gonna come over and go. Just want you to know I'm a big fan. And there was a part of you that feels like going, <laughs> come right. on, man. Is right. this, this, is hidden cameras coming out. Right. Somebody messing with me. Right. What? I, I, the only person I couldn't uh, – I still can't. And I've played several-ish tens of whatever rounds with. The only person I can't get over it is, is MJ. I can't. I can't. I can't. And he knows it. I'm convinced he knows it. He'll do the, like, as you're teeing off. And maybe you're in a close match or you've got him a little bit. And he does the leg prop on the tee marker. So he's looking straight across from you, smoking his cigar as you're teed off, looking that way. And you're like, I see you, MJ, you son of a bitch. I know what you're and doing. I can, and that's like, yeah, I know what you're doing, but you're doing it, it. It still works, even though I know what you's doing. What's yes. it like playing with MJ? I mean, he's great. I mean, he's great. He, yeah, he's great. He's great. I wish he was still coming out here, but he's yeah, he's fantastic. And does he does he mouth off? Does he get in your head? Is he? Well, that's what I'm saying. Yes, he yeah, gets in that's your head. That's part of his trash talk without he, even he talking. Does, yeah. Oh, but yo, he for trash sure. talks too, though. Sure, for sure. I'll t- I, actually, I'll tell you just a very quick. This this was at his event. This was in the Bahamas. This was years ago. But the very first time I played with him, I remember the whole whole ten at uh, whatever it was in the Bahamas, and I'm in a deep bunker. I mean, I'm in a deep bunker, and I'm over the ball, and he's standing at the top of the bunk, kind of where I'm saying, like where I would be facing, looking down, way down at me from up there, and I'm trying to hit the sand shot, and I hit, I hit the sand shot, and it was one of those, the club just goes under the ball, and the ball just goes, boop, and just lands right back in the place that it did, right? Now, I... What do I do? I don't go, oh, gosh, whatever. I immediately, like, boop, and I my eyes immediately go up to the heavens, which is where he is standing. Because I know exactly where he's standing, and I know he's there. And, and, he, and, he, and he just, like, bent over laughing, this huge, big bellyache laugh. And he goes, it's all right, B. We've all done it. And I was like... I'm in. Here we go. We can play now. Let's go. I've been ordained by Michael Jordan. He said we've both done it. All right, we're good. Let's go. I'm just going to need to see you do this sometime, MJ. Yeah. Then we'll be even. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah, exactly. It's a uh, staple question here on Maddie and the Caddy, the podcast. Your golf, you're the first player. Fill out your dream foursome. Living, dead, whenever. Um... Wow. I mean, I've probably, I've probably come as close as I can to have done it, uh, which was uh, myself, MJ, Aaron Rodgers, and Dwight Freeney. Wow. That was, that's, that's about as close as I could come. I, I don't even, I don't, I don't have to replace any guy on that list. Wow. What was that day like? Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, un- unbelievable. I think that was at, I'm pretty sure that was at MJ's event too, much later. But yeah. What course is on your bucket list? Augusta. I still haven't played. Augusta. 
So whatever you guys can do, make it happen. I keep getting promises from people that it's going to happen. Yeah, we both Look. played it. Oh, oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> well, hold on, though. Congratulations. <laughs> no, go ahead. We'll bleep it. Yeah. It's fine. Uh, I, I won the media lottery, though. I did the same thing. Yeah, we won the media. So we got to play Monday after the Masters, and it was it, it was – it was so good that I had a two-and-a-half-hour drive after the fact, and I had, you know, because there's no phones in there, so I had already left the phone And he the drove car. stick shift the whole way, if you know what I mean. I think <laughs> <you do>. Whatever, <laughs> yeah. That was the Doug Peterson interview. No, I got in the car and literally didn't turn on the phone or the radio. You're just thinking about it. two-and-a-half hours. Just, you, I, that place gives you a feeling right. that no other place in golf gives. Now, I've never played St. Andrews, right. so, like, I don't know. But I've been to St. Andrews right. and walked that golf course, and you feel the history there. But the feeling at Augusta is unlike. Right. Well, see, to me, there's to me to answer that question, there's there there there's different factors, right? This, this is what this is how I think about it. There are great golf courses, right? There are great golf courses, and then there are historic golf courses, mm-hmm. and then there are historic golf courses that are great that you also know, and that's the thing about the Masters that that, that beats everything. Right. I, I played Pine Valley. Now, I played Pine Valley, again, when I was way worse, and it rained for two days, and it was not that fun for me. So when people are like, oh, you played Pine Valley, I'm like, I did, but ish, ish. Right. Yes. Because I didn't, I wasn't that good, and the rain kind of screwed with me, and it was, I, I didn't have a great time out there. Yeah. Um, but even, even so, Pine Valley, you're not going to remember seeing, you know, however many shots on 16 right at at augusta you're not gonna say tiger walks here or yeah or or you watch this sarazen was here yeah that 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 history is not like that yeah you put yourself in a place where so many people have been you know 13 12 uh yeah yeah 12 uh, yeah, any any of those things, right? Like good, bad, whatever. You've seen it. Like, well, so like my parents live down in Hilton Head Island. Yeah. So like you know, there's the the Harbor heritage, Town. right? At Harbor yeah. Town. Yeah. So for me, I all I personally always tune in because I know that I've played the course so many times. It's like, oh, okay, that oh that you know, I've been exactly like, where that fun. guy is. Right. Local so, knowledge. Yeah, yeah. No, totally. But that's so to me, that's part of just the whole experience of it. Yeah. Okay. So. You're here this week because you got a reprieve from work. Yes. But now, like, Samuel L. Jackson is infamous and known because he's now at a point where he goes, oh, I'm going to do this movie thing over here. But in my contract, i got three days a week I'm playing golf. So right. you can do whatever. Is that your dream, Dale? To get to be able to go, hey, look, I know I'm doing this work. Right. I'm filming this thing. Got this right. stuff going. But look, I got to go to Tahoe. Right. And so from now on, you feel, are you big enough to do that now? I, well, I am, I am working on uh, a new project. I'm working on a, a movie right now. Congratulations. Uh, thank you, which uh, I'm very excited about. I can't say much about it at this moment. I don't know. We're still in that weird phase, but, um, but yes, to me, Tahoe at this point, I think, I think this is my 12th year. For me, it's now on the calendar. 
and and you know, I I'm not Sam Jackson, and any project say I'm going to play golf three days this week. No, sir. Uh, but uh, you know, this event is is truly special to me, and so I really. Um, it's on my calendar. It'll be on my calendar next week for next year, and uh, I just I love being here so much. So, is there anything acting acting wise on your bucket list yet to do before we let you go? I want to know because the, the the office. I mean, that opened so much it for you, a, right? It was and, right, and like you said, now because of Netflix and iTunes and stuff, you got kids that weren't born when the office started that are now watching the show. Yeah, you're new again. Yeah. <laughs> Right, that's crazy, right? Yeah, yeah. it's it is right. crazy. But then for you too, as an actor, you got to be like, "Ho, oh, oh, yes, I can still do." Right. I just want y'all to know I do other stuff. What if Glavin would vouch for your round room? Yeah. Oh, maybe he can sign some of that cash. Hey, Tommy. Tommy. Hey. 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 How's it? How's it going? Yeah. Well, we're, we're taping. On it. We just want to know no, about. No, that's okay. Yeah. yeah we're, we, he's bragging about his round, and you signing his scorecard. Here, grab these. We need Tom Glavin verification of what happened out there. You the saw today. you saw the beauty that was that scorecard today. Yep, I saw it. So here, let me let me check. Uh, what did you finish last year in the tournament? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm trying. I'm trying to help you. Where'd you finish? Uh, help me. Help I don't, you. I don't, if there's 82 guys, maybe around. But your score? 60. Minus what? Seventh. Minus what? I don't. It was. I was. Okay. I was. Yeah. What I saw today. There's no reason for this man to be minus anything when this tournament is over. He played great today. Now, clearly, see, I grew up, the way I grew up playing sports, and I don't know how much Brian grew up playing sports, you know, being an actor and all. <laughs> I, just want, dad, I just want everyone right. listening to know the little bit of belligerence that he threw that <laughs> hand up with when he said that being an actor and all. So my dad taught me, you know, you, you lose with a smile on your face, you win with humility, right? Now, what Brian doesn't tell you about this, well, he doesn't tell you about this scorecard that I'm sure is going to be posted everywhere. Okay, okay. So he won some money from me. I, I, I would. But never a large chunk of it was from a year ago, where I kicked his, you know what, in the tournament. No, you, you really, and you then he ran out of town, didn't pay me. I think you are so you're big time. I think I should have got some interest. <laughs> you, I would agree with you. Nobody heard yes. about me kicking his butt in the tournament, right? Did you guys hear about that? Was nope. it on social media anywhere? That's all I'm saying. No. You know what? With humility. <laughs> Hold on a second. No, no, no. I don't want any money back. Hold on. I don't you want any Perfect. Hold on. I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell. I'm going to get you off the hook on why you don't have to hand that money back. The reason it wasn't on social media, not his fault. No. You got a cell phone. Oh, you're right, but I'm just saying. You know I, where Twitter I, is. You I, know what Instagram I, is. I try to win with humility. Yeah, but that was the whole point <laughs> yeah, of the lesson. That's, that's yeah. the point. Mr. Glass's lesson. If I've seen this scorecard held up once, I've seen it <laughs> ten times already. Oh, and we haven't been done for an hour it's yet. It's going to be the cover of the program next year. <laughs> so. at, least he, at least he didn't ask you to sign in Sharpie. <laughs> true. That's true. That so, will be framed but, somewhere, though. You know, it was, it was all no, good no, fun. No, no, he no. Played, I, Look, I'm glad, I, I am glad that he beat me because if he plays like this in the tournament, he's going to have a great weekend. And there's no reason why he shouldn't. See? So there you go. That was very nice. You're welcome. Thank you. You're welcome. I've been saying very nice. Tell him I've been this saying is, incredibly nice things. He did. He very much so. Grew up an Atlanta guy. Yes. Grew up idolizing you and the Braves in your World Series. He was, I didn't use the word idolizing. Let's well, be and clear. Let's, okay, let's clarify what he means by growing up. He's not that much younger <laughs> than me. <laughs> so I know, but you started when you were what? I you was were 18? Yeah. Yeah, when I did was, you when did you My first year in the big leagues I was twenty one. So 
Yeah, so you were 21. You were. So I was 24. <laughs> so you were probably in high school when, I don't know, we, when we got this. good. When we got no, good, exactly. you were in high school. Uh, the, yeah. No, no, no. When you yeah. got Which great, when you got great, ninety-one. Yeah. Uh, why, why am I aging myself? <laughs> uh, but that's the year I graduated from high school. Okay. So I was actually when you guys. Uh, well, you didn't win that year, 95, which I re- referenced right. was you Absolutely winning did. in 95 yes. off the top of my head. Yeah, correct. The, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so I was, was in college. It was by less the time about you growing up watching me and <laughs> no, more about you still, finding yourself. I was growing, when you were, when, I was growing up. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, we all grow up in those 19, 20, 21 year old years. <laughs> we think we do. We think we do, we right? Yeah. yeah. That's exactly and right. As far as we're concerned, we're really we're growing, growing up. up. We but, know yeah. everything by then. We yeah. know everything. Yes. It, it, isn't that the amazing thing about golf? Cause we were talking about with Brian that in no other world and no other sport can this connection be made. Right. Of actor guy growing up liking you and now you playing yeah. with someone. Oh, like no that. question. I mean, I think that's what makes it so much fun is cause it's, it's not, you know, I think obviously the guys who play professionally are a different level. Um, but for the rest of us, it's a game that you can go out there and enjoy regardless of your background, regardless of your athletic ability, and, and that's what makes it so special. Like you say, you can't, you can't do that with any other sport. I mean, you know, at least at a competitive level, right. you know, so it's, uh, it's pretty special. But it was so cool to hear him tell the story of how he saw you that first time and was like, oh, that's Tom Clem. <laughs> and then you walked over to him and your yeah. kids would, and were like, hey, we're big right. fans. No, and he was yeah. like, what? Yeah. And just to, to have that kind of connection where both of y'all feel that yeah. way about each other. No, it was cool. Yeah, the mutual admiration was cool. But, yeah, it was it was an interesting, uh, an interesting dynamic because my wife saw him from across the room. And she's like, oh, my God, there's Kevin. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what are you talking about? And she goes, you know, from the office. I'm like, oh, okay. So I was like, sure enough, there he is. And, you know, so we walked over. Matter of fact, I think it was Harry Carson that brought us over. Yeah. Because uh, Harry and his wife knew Brian. And uh, so we came over and, you know, I was trying to introduce myself as being a big fan of the show and my family and whatnot. And he was like, oh, my God. And so it was, yeah. it was pretty fun. It was cool. Yeah, no, it's great. <laughs> when it's great. It's fun. Me. No, it's yeah. fun. And it's fun for me. You know, my dad is still, you know, in the South and, uh, you know, obviously a big fan of the Braves, too. And I, I, I'm actually really bad at the picture thing. I don't, I don't do a ton of that. But both with all, with, you know, Maddox and Glavin and Smoltz, it's, it's a fun thing for me. To be able to like take a picture and send to my dad and say like, hey, you know, like I'm, you know, I'm playing with these guys. You're gonna send him that picture today, the scorecard picture. You're gonna tell me pissed off, Tom Glavin. You can send your dad a picture (laughs) of that, but I think every everything else should be. I'm just saying. Of course, I know it's probably already out there already. I haven't checked Twitter. No, I I haven't done anything yet. We're only on ESPN right now. (laughs) Don't worry about it. Yeah, good point. Everybody yeah. knows. <laughs> guys, we oh, appreciate right. your time. So Great day. Right, Tom Glavis. Thanks for stopping by. Enjoyed it. fantastic. Enjoy the week. Have fun. You guys enjoy the week, too. All right. Thanks a lot, you Thank guys. Thank you, guys. Thank you guys. I mean, I love that Bumgarner, Steph, and Tom Glavin are a thing. <laughs> I mean, that, Again, that was if a I thing. would have told you, if I would have told you that one we get Brian Baumgartner to come over and start talking about how he had the greatest golf day of his life. And then, oh, yeah, his hero, Tom Glavin. You mean that guy walking right there? Yeah, he'll come over. That you just the, played with and had your career round with? That was so awesome. And then the fact that Steph stopped by. like he, Steph was in the middle of his round. He was in the middle of his round. And, again, we got to see 
Brian Baumgartner have eyes just like a fan. But I'll tell you something. I have been at three pro-ams with Brian. Uh He is one of the most popular sought-after pictures and autographs of anyone I've ever seen out there. And it's funny, golfers who don't necessarily know who he is or haven't watched The Office and been fans of The Office, they can't understand, like, wait, who is that guy that people are mobbing? Because literally at the Greenville, at BMW Championship, he had just as many people mobbing him as Aaron Rodgers did. It was crazy. See, that's amazing to me because I – look. I'm going to enter the Maddie and the Caddy trust tree here. I've never watched. I don't watch The Office. I never did. I knew him more for the. I knew him more for his bit part in Four Christmases at the company Christmas party when he was like spending time in tropical Albany, and it was a one minute part. I I don't watch The Office. What's funny is they actually had an anniversary on social media for when he spilled chili. (laughs) Because <laughs> that was like the thing that made him a household name. The episode where he dropped and had chili all over himself and stuff. And he, I'm with you. I When The Office was on, mm-hmm. I didn't watch it. But now it's like, okay, I didn't <laughs> – full disclosure. Here we go. I didn't start watching The Office until after I met him. No, but that that that's fine because that's that's how you get into onto a lot of things. Whether it be at like yes. a music group or, or you know yep. someone that you meet, you meet yeah. them, they're really cool, dude. Then you start looking he or she back at their work, and that's how you become a fan. Yeah. So it, what? And what, I'm a huge fan of his now too. I was hoping that we were going to get to see each other another time, but he, I wanted him to come play a pro am with the KPMG. I tried to get him to come play KPMG with me, and he wanted to also, but he was actually doing a movie, and he could only get a release from the movie for the BMW championship. That's the, that's the only one they would let him out of, and he had to fight for that, which was funny. What I thought was great for him is he had told the story. You'd heard it there in the interview about how he grew up idolizing those Braves. He's from the Atlanta area, Tom Glavin. And then he ends up getting to play with Glavin and play golf with him quite a bit. So I'm curious for you – who is your, if you had like one childhood idol or someone you grew up watching, who would you want to play that one round with a la Bumgarner and Glavin? Mm, man, that's a great, I, I don't know. I never really thought about it. And we've gotten to meet so many amazing athletes. And yeah. I don't, I've still, I've never gotten to play with Jordan. So I would I would love to play with Jordan. Yeah, but that that's every that's stupid. That's everybody. Everybody wants to play yeah. golf with Jordan and Tiger and Bart. Give me the one guy as a nine year old caddy growing up. Like who was the athlete? Yeah, but you remember I wasn't a caddy when I was nine years old. I, used I to just make fun of I was using. I know your what you're name. saying though. Like give me yeah, a Michael Collins nine year old. Yeah. If I was a kid, who would be the one guy who I would want to play golf with? Like now, looking back, you're like, man, I just grew up. You were those teams were my teams. Well, see, like my number is 34 because I idolized Walter Payton and Kirby Puckett, which we heard on last week's podcast. Yeah, so like that's if I, but I mean, I that would be a dream, and but because they're both gone, I'll never get that opportunity. Even though it's kind of funny that like Walter Payton's brother is, is a golf coach I'd at pro- Jackson State. That is kind of odd. Yeah, that's kind of ironic, but I I don't know. I don't know that there's anyone. 
I'd probably go with Joe Montana. Like, if I could okay. go play 18 with Joe Montana, just because I grew up uh, loving football and college football, and I grew up a, a, a random Notre Dame fan, but I'm a big ASU guy because Notre Dame was always on TV in the in the history of that school. And then we didn't have the Arizona Cardinals growing up, so I was a big 49ers fan. Yeah. And I'd probably Joe Montana. Just to play 18 with him and get stories out of him, I think would be – the person that would connect me to my childhood like Glavin did for Bumgarner. Yeah, so mine would be Mike Schmidt or Ron Jaworski. There you owns, go. Jaworski owns a, lot. a ton of golf courses. I know. So, but yeah, like Mike Schmidt, I, I would have said Steve Carlton, but I've heard that he's gone a little off the deep end and he might not want to play with me. <laughs> so... <laughs> Or at least half of me. Not I don't know. Him. I don't know. I don't know. Like that's again. It's all rumored. Like so, I've never met him in person. So I don't like to judge, you know, and say things all hearsay stuff. You know, until I've met someone, shook their hand, and looked in their eyes. So, um, what do you when, like, when my, you look someone in the eyes? Like you get deep into their soul and you know what's coming. It's not that I know what's coming. I can tell. As as someone who worked in entertainment and mm-hmm. was trained to read crowds, you can you it's very easy for me. For some reason, it is very easy for me when I shake someone's hand and talk to them to know if what I'm seeing outside is truly what they are inside. Oh, it's my gift and curse. Well, I can tell you a couple people you've missed on already. Uh, <laughs> yeah, hey, but so, you know what? I got their numbers. <laughs> All right, so there's a week off before the PGA Championship or the Tour Championship and then the yeah. Ryder Cup. How is the caddy going to spend the week off? That's a good – you know what? I'm going to try and – I'm going to try and get smaller. I'm sorry? I got to go – I got to get small as far as stuff. You're going to downsize your life. I'm – well, as much as I can, like I got too much, I got too much just stuff. So I'm thinking I got to downsize. I might, you know, I might just put some stuff out on our, uh, maybe I'll put some stuff on our social media to see if people want it. Yeah, feel they free to use our social contest. media as your marketplace. Go ahead. It's not, I'm not selling it. <laughs> I'm saying I got to find a way to get rid of. Stuff that I know I'm never going to use. Okay. But also stuff, like, if I'm going to give stuff to people, I don't want to give them junk, you know? How so, kind but of I got you. so many, like, hats. Yeah, you buy. Like, I'm not getting rid of my master's hats, but I'm also, like, I got hats. I got hats that still have tags on them, like tailor-made hats and Cleveland. And, like, I got hats that I know I'm never going to get a chance to wear. That I gotta just and my kids like both of my boys they're not gonna wear them. So. There there was a group of us at the Masters that were sitting in our ESPN compound um, that had all these stories about you of what you do with all the stuff that you buy because <laughs> you go to a tournament with Collins and he has bags and bags and bags of stuff. Nah, so you we know had what, this theory that you actually ran this like underground dark web website. <laughs> Where you sell all this stuff, nah, and man. you're really like an online mogul for golf. <laughs> SVP nah. and I had this whole thing going, like how you, what you really do with all this stuff. You know what? I find stuff though. Here's the thing. So, 
the, both of my Masters golf bags, one of them is mm-hmm. Masters and one of them is Augusta National. Have you ever seen a Masters golf bag or an Augusta National golf bag? No, but I believe this is a repeat story. I'm just saying. <laughs> so people who – you can make fun of what I have as much as you want to. Who was making fun of it? I'm just saying, like so, – but I'm also saying the reason I can't sell that kind of stuff because it still means a lot to me. You're gonna have a hard. I can already tell by this conversation you're gonna have a hard time downsizing this week. No, no, I don't have. Look, I I am not afraid to purge the closet, and I usually do it every couple of months. I have a purge, a closet purge. The problem (laughs) is I don't have a lot of fat friends, so (laughs) that's part of the issue. So I love donating stuff to like the school, my where my kids go to school. I love giving the golf team stuff, but there's no lefty golfers on that team, so So I can't hook them up with anything I get. So it's all just kind of sitting in my garage. You know where I feel like you might have a good chance of finding people the same size. Go hang out at a state fair. How many golf people hang out there, though? I don't know. You think anybody no, there I... would appreciate, like, a colonial shirt? <laughs> and do you think they're going to wear it? You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, if that's like I used to go to auctions and stuff like that. And <laughs> so, yeah. Why? Because my mom and my stepdad, <laughs> they would go to auctions to kind of find steals and stuff like that. So they would find, like, pottery and all kinds of and artwork and whatnot. You'd be surprised what you could find. So, what would you do at the auction? I used to go to animal auctions, <laughs> you know, to get like food for my reptiles because it was cheaper to get it there. What do they auction? Like rabbits. dead mice? Rabbits. Not dead. No, nah, man. Live rabbits. You just rabbits <laughs> and guinea pigs. Get yourself a box of guinea pigs for like four dollars. <laughs> yeah. What's the feed all the snakes? <laughs> What's the retail? Snakes, what's rabbits the, too? What's the real price? Man, I got my my the greatest pet I ever had the pot belly pig Sigmund that I bought. Yeah, sure. I got him at I got him at an auction for nine dollars. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my buddies who had real big snakes like I had one real big snake and yeah. she ate a thirty five pound goat once a month. You know how much it would cost to like try and buy a really good goat, but you go to a farm auction, you get a goat for like two dollars. What in the hell are you talking about? What are you so? <laughs> What? Are you... What? I, I don't. I don't even know what world this is. Yeah, man. It's just you know. What I is the you. retail price? What's the asking price for so a imagine box if you go, of guinea you, pigs? So think about this: if you go to PetSmart or something like that, guinea pigs are like thirty bucks a pop. Sometimes you can get them on sale for twenty bucks for one, but they got to come from somewhere, right? Like somebody's somewhere is breeding guinea pigs, and you're never going to hear anyone going, "Oh my gosh, the poor life of a guinea pig coming from a guinea pig farm." <laughs> like, so <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, no one. It's the same with rabbits and stuff too. Like, rabbits have to come from breeders, but if you go to a store, if you went to a, a pet store, a, a rabbit's like twenty seven dollars. So then like you you go to these twenty seven dollars on a bag of dog food. So you'd go to these auctions and buy rabbits. Yeah, on, before on the cheap. I was buying frozen stuff. Yeah, but you can't buy frozen guinea pigs, and it's hard to get frozen rabbits. It's easy to get frozen mice and rats for reptiles, but stuff bigger than rats is kind of tough to get. So you would have to buy live and then take care of them. 
and then feed them after they had passed away. <laughs> it's just the most regrettable conversation <laughs> I've had in a while, and I have so many follow-ups. We just don't have time. Uh, thank we'll have you. like a special reptile feeding podcast yeah. sometime. I'm telling you, after the Ryder Cup, when the off season hits, there Ooh. is some there is some stuff that I got to find out. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna tell. I'll, I'll open up my past is an open book. I'm not ashamed. I'll tell you. I will open up, man. We have some uh, stories. If if you think like feeding guinea pigs and rabbits and farm stuff, you know what we could do? We should take a trip. Back to my hometown. Oh God! And I'll please. take you to one of the auctions. A- absolutely. Roots. I want to do a podcast from the auction. Okay. Can we do that? I don't. Can we get we, funding yeah, we can. for that? Or what we can do is, I can take you to the auction. We uh, can do all the stuff that I used to do. Oh, good. When I had, and we'll, I'll show you. We can. They still have at the North Museum mm. in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. It's on the campus of Franklin and Marshall College. There are still reptiles there. So we could go there, then we can go, I can go, we can take, I can take you to where I get all the food for yeah. the animals back in the day and all that stuff. And then we could do the podcast from my mom's house. Yes, please. This is okay. happening. Uh, that, right, yeah. yeah. This is going to be terrific. Okay. Yeah. So as always, uh, hit us up on social media at Maddie and Caddy, M-A-T-T-Y, the word and C-A-D-D-I-E. That is Instagram. That is Twitter. Uh, Collins is apparently going to purge his life for you on social media this week. If you see a shirt you like. <laughs> Hit them up. We appreciate the support. Download, subscribe, rate for the caddy. Michael Collins. I'm Maddie. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to Maddie and the Caddy. Check out more great ESPN podcasts in the ESPN app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Maddie and the Caddy.